0: Hey, sister, soul, sister, soul, sister, soul, sister. Hey, sister, soul, sister, soul, sister, soul, sister. Hey! Welcome to the WHLC podcast, also known as the Women's Healthy Living Club podcast, brought to you by Darian. That's me. What up, what up? Thanks again for tuning in to this podcast. I'm so happy your ears are here. I hope whatever you're doing is relaxing and enjoyable and if it's not stop and take a couple of breaths slow soft breaths filling up your belly and then hopefully that makes it a little more joyful in a who today i wanted to talk about something a little on the intimate side and i'm really excited to talk about it actually because you know, it's something that needs to be talked about. And the more we talk about it, the more we can problem solve together to improve our collective experience. And it's about menstruation. Yeah, man, the menstrual cycle. I'm really excited to talk about it. And um, also excited to just share my experiences with Growing up as a woman, it's kind of like this weird thing for a lot of women (laughs) and, um, you know, a lot of us are, or have been in a place where we feel totally afraid or foreign from our bodies and, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to get into it. It's kind of deep stuff. So if you're not feeling like going deep today, maybe you should just turn around and put on a different podcast but if you feel like listening in and like you know thinking about some of these things then keep listening (laughs) so when I started my period I was it was my literally on my birthday my 13th birthday and honestly I had pranked my mom so much like on April Fool's Day that was like my go-to joke and it got real old but it was then it became the joke that that was the joke you know So talk about some woman who cried wolf, I guess. It's really a boy who cried wolf, but, you know, it's a podcast for women. So, hey, let's talk about women crying for wolf. And so when I started my period, I told my mom she didn't believe me. (laughs) And I honestly um, was relieved mostly because I was like a little late to start compared to my peers. And, you know, I still had friends, but they were all talking about, oh, my gosh, they period this, they're period that, and, oh, my boobs are sore, and this and this happens, and, ha, 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 periods, right? Periods, <laughs> oh, they suck. <laughs> like, that's how, you know, my peers, my female peers got along, and I was like, damn, I felt left out because, like, my boobs were feeling okay, and I wasn't bleeding out of my vagina, so it was all good. And I didn't quite understand but it wasn't all good, because I didn't get to understand what they were understanding and living and experiencing. So it was a relief when I got my period, because I was like, yes, I'm finally in the woman club! Woo! So I was kind of excited inside, but it was funny because I also remember, but like my, my language didn't sound excited. It didn't really reflect that. I remember being like, you know, sad and like, man who starts their period on their birthday with worst birthday ever? Like I was thinking like stuff like that, which is funny because that's just, you know, adolescent mind, I'm sure. But that was my experience. And I was just given, my mom is very thorough. She's like sex ed 101, 100, reproductive organs included and beyond. Like she was clear from the start and just all about education in that area. And I'm really grateful to have a mom that was, so interested in this stuff from when I you know from since I can remember. So it's exciting. And um so she showed me just how to use a pad, how to use a tampon. I was like right away I wanted to be I didn't like pads because they made me felt like I was wearing a diaper, you know? And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, but in being young, it's like I just and I was really active. I moved all the time. Like I was in so many different things, doing so many different things all the time. So pads weren't my shtick. So I went right to tampons, but I had some strange experiences with tampons, strange experiences. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I was poor with the discipline of like changing them. Like I might leave them in too long every like once a month, you know, something like that. So I originally first heard about different menstrual care products from um, a woman named Ali Schuler. She originally did something, her project was Wild Woman Speaks, and she had a Facebook group called Wild Feminine Unleashed. Maybe she still has it, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I know she has a Patreon, though, if you want to go support her work there. But um, she's the first person I learned, like, oh, there's different options, and oh... <laughs> I'm spending a lot of money and wasting a lot of resources just by having a period. Like, does it have to be that way? And then plus, you know, this like fear of leaking and just all this anxiety around menstruation. And of course, that's kind of natural, I suppose, in the beginning when you first, when something first happens, there's always a little bit of healthy anxiety, Um, but prolonged anxiety around it is not so good. And it's just another stressor on top of the actual act of menstruating. So I learned about um first I learned about cloth pads from her. And I think I learned about the menstrual cup, but I was a little nervous to try it. And she recommended um watching this woman's page. Her name is Brianny. And she her um like Instagram is Precious Stars Pads and she makes these pads. And she'd been talking about this stuff like gosh at a young, young age, like, man, I would never have that much confidence to just be like forthright spewing out my period stories, you know? (laughs) So I bow down, Brandy, I bow down. Respect, respect, respect. So um, check out their work for more information on this. But I had wanted to try like not using tampons anymore. I'm going to tell you a really weird story. Let's get, let's get, like I said, hashtag sip of water anyway. Um, so a really weird story. I was in Florida with my love and I, we were on vacation and playing on the beach and doing our thing. And I was wearing a tampon because I was on my period and I was like having the best time. We were like jumping on these waves and doing all this like we were just like playing, like hardcore playing, like tuck jumps in the sea and all kinds of handstands and all kinds of just flipping our bodies around. And that requires a lot of core control. And I was like in the water and I did this big jump. And as I bared to jump, like I pushed out my tampon, like right away, just out. And I was like, oh, shit, like, I didn't know what to do. And I told Tom that it happened. And, you know, we walked to the, got our stuff, walked to the bathroom, fixed it and everything. But it was like, such a shocking experience. And I thought, like, what a strange thing. And so the thing that I picked up from Allie and just being in her group and um, some of the perspectives there, and this, I think, comes from more of a yogic perspective and a place from, uh, from an Ayurvedic type of perspective, the, the menstrual phase is a time for your body to push energy down, for you to downwardly release the whole home that you just built. Like, you know, and downward is a process of elimination. It's um, of destruction. So, so it is kind of counterintuitive to, to plug that energy up. Like you're shoving something. It's like trying to move a boat upstream. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, it's more hassle than it's worth. And it, it's it been said, or people sometimes believe that it disrupts the subtle energy of that downward flow, and then it can create a lot of interruption in your menstrual cycle and a variety of other symptoms. But um, that's the general idea. So when, I, when that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, my subtle energy is strong or something like that. <laughs> like, I, it's probably just I've moved you know, used my abs in a strange, funky way. And it just shot out. But I was thinking that my subtle energy was speaking to me and it was like, Hey, stop wearing these things. You crazy monkey. And so I stopped wearing them and I started making, um, sewing my own cloth pads because I had a sewing machine and I liked to sew. And I figured, you know, I have, I had some like old fabric or a blanket or something I wanted to get rid of. So I just cut that up and made some pads out of it. And, um, they were great. I remember my first experience, I, I was kind of like, oh no, back to the diaper feeling. But, <laughs> but I was willing to make that sacrifice because it was a time for me to really slow down and like learn how to honor the feminine. I didn't know how to do that before. And we'll have a, a nice long podcast about honoring our two dynamic forces, um, but, yeah, I didn't know, <laughs> I did not know how to do that. And so I didn't, I was all for really getting to know my feminine. And that meant sitting on some nice, cushy-ass cloths while I bleed like a fucking queen, okay? And it felt great. <laughs> and that was like, I remember thinking like, oh, man, this is the most comfortable my my vagina's ever felt. Like, I'm feeling great. This is I've never had a pleasant period sensation-wise, and I was having a pleasant period. It was the strangest thing to feel, because I was so conditioned to, to believe that periods were painful and a nuisance and a burden and in the way, and just downright unacceptable. <laughs> How dare you? What a you, you cannot There's no way you can be productive and think clearly during menstruation or around menstruation. So it was pretty life-changing for me to have changed the cloth pads. Then after doing a little digging and following the resources from Allie Schuler to Briany, I think her last name is Smith. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but her Instagram is precious story pads. Um, I looked at her page and she was wonderful. She had all of these different menstrual products and she would review them and just give her honest opinion about how they felt for her personally and um, different pieces of advice on when selecting one because, so she's the one I learned about, uh, menstrual cups from, and I, I love that she put out a review because, um, with those, when you buy them, you can't return them. So if you get the wrong size and it's really painful and uncomfortable, and it's, you know, maybe it's the, some of them are a little stronger than others. Like the, the silicone is a little more firm or a little more soft. And, we are all shaped and toned very differently in there based on our backgrounds, based on our physical practices, and our, our nutrition a variety of things. And so, sometimes women will buy a cup because you know they want to try the cup because the cup is the thing, and everybody's talking about the dang cup, menstrual cups for life, which I do feel in my heart. I feel that way, but sometimes a woman will buy a cup. And try it and it doesn't work or it's really painful or um, there's a a variety of things that happens. I remember I tried like three different cups before I found the right cup. And it was hard because I can't return those, so that's lost money. So what I would do is just wait it out (laughs) and use my cloth pads until I could um, justify spending more money on the right size and figuring it out. Actually, I only think I got two different ones but, um, so I kind of got lucky, but I, I watched Brandy's reviews closely and really paid attention to see, you know, the different types of things she recommended. Cause she would, you know, say this cup is a little softer and it's better for this. And if you have really strong pelvic muscles, this one's pretty good cause you won't squish it and push all the blood out. So, you know, listen to her stuff. It's really good. If you want to learn more about menstrual cups and, um, not just kind of blindly grab one, but try to select a brand in a, and a type that's gonna work for your personal little vaginal canal. Or large vaginal canal. Vaginal? Whoa. Vaginal. Hashtag, water sip! Anywho, so that's what I use as far as um, menstrual products go. Now let's get into a little bit of the menstrual psychology, a little bit of my history behind that. and it'll give you kind of a picture of why I'm interested in this stuff. I will say right away, though, um, when it comes to my coaching and my, my guidance with women, I I don't heavily focus on menstruation. I do ask about it. And I do like to hear, I do like my, my uh, clients to be tracking that and, you know, noting little symptoms here and there because... You know, there's this principle that the menstrual cycle is a fifth vital sign for women. And it's, you know, a vital sign tells you a level of vitality within a human. And vitality is closeness to life. Less dead, basically. And so I do agree with that. The menstrual cycle can really speak to you and be a great way for you to monitor the effects of your daily habits. And so... I don't when I coach my clients I do not focus on that because I'm gonna be straight with you. I am not an OBGYN. I don't I don't know all of the different um, possible uterine diseases or disorders that exist on this earth and that, you know, plague many, many women. I don't know all of that. But I do know that the menstrual cycle is directly influenced by our habits. I do know that our our menstrual cycle is our body's way of speaking to us about our habits that we do on a daily basis, our chronic overtime habits. And so I see the menstrual cycle sort of as a volume type thing, like a volume dial. And you can turn that dial all the way to super duper healthy, optimal, hella homeostasis, whoa, whoa. And you can turn that dial all the way to like, whoa, sad, depressed, um, you know, comorbid health, close to dying. Like, whoa, just totally not there mentally, physically, or spiritually. And that dial can shift and turn and shift and turn. And I think um, our menstrual cycles are kind of like that. And they shift and turn and shift and turn with how our habits shift and turn and shift and turn. And so I love using the menstrual cycle as a monitoring system for health, for vitality, for stress, stress level, which is super important in women. Um, our stress affects our health in ridiculous ways that I'm sure are, have been documented, probably partially, but there's a vast amount of influence that stress has that maybe hasn't been researched or documented. And so, I try to look at bigger pieces of the pyramid here. You know, our our needs, I don't know if you've heard of Maslow, but um, he was a psychologist that coined a term and a little pictograph called the hierarchy of needs. And at the base of that pyramid, it's, you know, From most important to less important as far as survival goes. And at the base of that pyramid is food and water. That's physical needs. Food, water, and sleep. Pretty much. So that just means our basic requirements for living. And a lot of times people will jump to the top of the pyramid and kind of miss you know they'll try to fix the top of the pyramid before fixing the foundation of the pyramid. And I think when you address the foundation of a pyramid, you can have drastic effects on the rest of that pyramid. And I feel like, you know, I mean menstruation is a physical physical happening, you know. But as t- as far as survival, it's our reproductive organ. It's it's kind of secondary to living. So our organs will shut down if our if we're in survival, if we're trying to survive. And if we have that type of mentality in our lives, our our reproductive organs will slow down and start to shut themselves down sometimes. In other cases it's an hereditary thing, you know, between a mother and daughter or what have you, as to why someone has, you know, uterine disorders or menstrual disorders. It's just interesting stuff. It really is. I find and it's helped, you know, researching into this and kind of digging into my own menstruation right away and, you know, exploring it as an adventure instead of a scary, instead of avoiding it and kind of like shunning it away. I've really tried to inquire and reflect during my menstruation, like what what could I have done this way? What could I have done that way? What's my plan for the for the upcoming Yang weeks, I'll call them because um, you know, there's two, there's kind of two overarching forces that govern the physical world, and you, I'm sure you've heard of them yin and yang, also known as yang. We talked about this in the, I think, WHLC number two, but, um, or number three, three roots of health. Go back to that one. Those two forces also overarch our menstrual cycles so the menstrual phase and the follicular phase oh i'm sorry the menstrual phase and the luteal phase those two phases are very yin phases they have all a lot of qualities of yin and that that type of energy is just present um, and it's just that part of the cycle of the creative life cycle Ovulation and follicular phase are in the yang or the yang. I'm going to say yang. I don't like yang. It reminds me of schlong. <laughs> so I'm just going to say yang. Forgive me, uh, gurujis out there who think I'm saying it wrong. But anyway, ovulation and follicular phase are the yang phases. They're like building, growth, production, you know, things that are outward, socialization, communication, all that kind of fun stuff. Yang. So what I'll do is plan during my menstruation, I'll plan out the different things I want to get done that are involved in those categories that are more likely in yang. And then the same with my yin time. It's a really cool way of living. And I think it's super beneficial to adopting a natural, healthy lifestyle. And when I say natural, I just mean like, it's a natural progression. It's not like this, you know, trend or this quick fix craze, like, you know, 25 days sugar-free, woo, or like, you know, something like that. I have been learning through my own health practices and my own experiences in integrating this type of lifestyle is that if I don't, it really depends on the level of consciousness and attention. And it really, really depends on those three roots. If I forget that part, those three roots, the why, the two dynamic forces and my three options in the moment, then it's, it doesn't really matter. Even if I, even if I make it the 30 days without sugar, but I don't focus on those three roots at all. I just, you know, freaking head to the metal, no sugar, don't care, totally strict. Mm -mm -mm. That's, that's kind of unnatural. It's not a natural progression. You just don't start being something like right away. It takes some time, you know, it really takes small steps and those like 30 day challenges and all those challenges, they are great, you know, for getting someone started, but if they're missing those foundations, then it, you know, you kind of just go right back to what you were doing. And I've experienced this myself literally more times than I can count on my freaking hands. And I think I had to experience it to be able to be a good holistic lifestyle coach because it's gonna happen (laughs) you're gonna kind of slingshot maybe for a little bit but you don't have to do it that way you can make your changes small enough and accessible enough to where you get success continually over time and that's the name of my job yo that's what i do so those are my thoughts about menstruation um I'll probably do a different podcast regarding birth control at some point because that's involved with menstrual health as well. And just my perspectives um, on that and a a few other perspectives, including like different cultural ones and just fun stuff regarding the menstrual cycle. I want to warn you, though, that this podcast is not intended to be totally PC. Okay, this is really just a free thinking woman. That's it not trying to please anybody, not trying to um, hurt anybody, also not trying to do, I'm not trying to do anything to anybody except bring more health, happiness, and strength into the lives of women and to get them thinking a little bit more clearly and a little bit more responsibly about their actions that they take every day and bringing it on such a micro level that these women can conquer their limitations and overcome them. And it's something I'm so passionate about. I seriously, it makes my life to be able to coach women in this way. It's such a, a joyful experience. And sometimes it's heavy, but I do a lot of heavy lifting in my in my OT work when it comes to emotional support and all of that. So comparatively, it's a it's a serious joy. <laughs> it's a serious joy. I love it. So again, thank you if you are returning and you are a frequent listener, I I just want to hug you. I just want to jump through the earbuds, swim out of the cord, and just materialize in total life-size form, squeeze you super tight, shake you around a little bit. I'll dance. And then say goodbye. And so now I say goodbye. Goodbye.